We are live. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Founder Hacks, our podcast where we share something we've seen, something we've read, and something we've learned that's been a source of inspiration or edification to the founders that we work with. Uh, Let me start by saying hello to Mr. Alex Moore. Hello, gentlemen. Good to see you again. And hello to Anthony Enright. Hi, Ben. Hi, Alex. Hi, both of you. Uh, So this week, our theme is changing lenses or changing the lens. So this is a lovely metaphor that that, I think a lot of business books use where you sort of have these different lenses through which to look through. And and we've got a, a number of stories that as we shared our stories and planned our our content for this week that we felt spoke to this theme of shifting lenses and as ever let's start with something one of us has seen a real experience Anthony Enright what have you seen this week yeah I've seen something and actually it came up last week it's been sort of bubbling away for the last quarter and maybe the quarter before that but but certainly reared its head massively last week and it was with a team uh, that I spent some time with and they've had a mesmeric rise over the last five years. Their results have been phenomenal. Um, but they've worked in a market that has been a rising market. Um, and everything, so I, so they've worked incredibly hard. They've worked smart. Um, they've had a good strategy in place and they've done very well executing against that strategy. They've kept it simple. But the, but market conditions have been uh, on their side. And they had an excellent scaling and, up coach, I assume, to help them. Well, they really? had to, they had a, <laughs> Uh, they, they've had they've had some assistance and some help as well, which they've they've taken on yep. board. And um, what's really interesting now is there is no doubt they the market forces are changing uh, in this year, and they're going to have a much tougher year. There's going to be a, a big um, uh, a big pressure on price and margin. And what's interesting and in changing the lens is how do you cope with and how do you manage a team who for the most part the vast majority of the team have only ever worked in that business during good times so in changing the lens how do you prepare a team when clearly you don't know exactly what's going to happen um it's hard to tell truly what is going to happen in the market um but we've got an idea that it's certainly not going to be as good as it was so what do you do with that team how do you prepare that team or do indeed do you prepare that team do you just Go for it and see see how they get on and see how they react. Or what is it you do when? Because quite often we talk about be it working in tough times and working through difficult situations, and then coming out the other side um, and seeing and seeing a much more positive market and being able to work from from poor times to great times. Whereas actually the other way round, I think, is much harder. So how do you go about um, preparing a team to go from great times to? to considerably harder times yeah i mean i'm reminded of um i know we try and stay away on founder hacks from using sporting analogies or analogies about war and business being war but you know sun Tzu, the art of war is 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 a very interesting tome um and there's a quote in there in times of peace prepare for war in times of war prepare for peace and you know this being as a founder of a business just thinking right, this is all great, this is wonderful, um, and it's going well during good times, but how are we going to compare? Because as sure as night follows day, there is a bad time after a good time. 
how do you do that? And my my you know when I when I speak to founders, there's always preparing for that a long time. So instead of reacting, you're like, this is all good, guys, but you know, knowing in your own mind, you don't necessarily share it with the team, that this won't always be the case. So who's who are you going to have to get rid of? You know, I, I, you know, people talk about risk registers. I, I, I kind of, it's one of those things like, how can you plan for risk? But, you know, having some ideas and planning for a downturn rather than reacting to it. And that's the main thing that I've taken through various booms and busts in the various businesses that I am connected to. And I think that's the key thing here when you were, when you were, which is an int- I think this is an interesting thing to discuss as a founder of a business. You know, for me, the 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 key thing is giving yourself a big runway and then just not getting caught up in your own PR and it's all going to be wonderful. Just thinking, when this changes, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to manage this differently? And planning before it actually starts happening. Does that make sense? Hmm. Oh, Ben! Ben doesn't. Oh, I don't know if Ben agrees. I, he's looking, I, he's looking I, a bit I, weirdly at me. Well, <laughs> Um, I do like Sunsea. It's um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I, I do like it. I guess the, the two things that came up for me was, yeah, it's almost the definition of leadership, isn't it? It is your job. So get good at it. You'll work it out. Because I always think that how you lead people is very much about how you lead yourself. And almost without sounding too hippie about it, doing the work to go, well, this – you know, I have to lead this now. And what's the best way that I, with all of who I am, lead through this thing now? And I think it's about owning that responsibility to, to start with. You, know, you, you, you are not, your job is to weave your team's experience perhaps into a narrative that is inspiring. And that's the first thing that comes up for me is what's the narrative that, that you can provide your team around this? Um, the other thing that came up was kind of, yeah, the opposite way around too, that, you know, actually bad times are never forever. Everything is transient in my experience, at least in business. And so maybe that's part of the narrative too, is that this is a time, it will be a tough time and there'll be a time after that time. Uh, and, and that's there too. There's always that perspective and that's the sort of zoomed out view that you have to provide it was kind of what made it really clear to me, but I'd love to know how they get on. <laughs> I mean, perhaps we can, we can see how they do and get that learning. That can be hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. And get that learning. But I, I love that Ben about this too shall pass, right? This too shall pass. And we, we know, we know tough times are coming, but this too shall pass. Um, and I think the things that they're doing are that they're just keeping everything very close. And what I mean by that is that they are their core purpose you know, why they do what they do, their core values, they're keeping those things very, very close. And they're keeping their customers very close. So they're understanding, you know, what's happening for the customer. Um, and, you know, I think it's fortunate they've built some great relationships with their customers over the year. And this this is this is when it will tell. This is when it will tell that whether that's been a good idea or not. And you can't help but feel that there's never a bad time to talk to your customer and keep your customer close. Um, because they will, you know, if you've done mm. good by them during good times, they will do good by you in, in, in tough times. Um, so, so they're really the three things that we're, that I'm seeing so far is just staying true to why they do what they do, making sure that nobody goes outside of their values to keep in the values and keeping their customers close. And, and maybe their suppliers, maybe this isn't a relevant example, but I've, I've always found being really good to your suppliers during downtimes, you know, 
paying them on time, treating them really well, so that when you're going through a bad time, they might be a little bit more lenient with you in terms of credit terms. Yeah. Whatever. I also think that comes down to your values, you know, as you, as you yeah. operate as an organization. It's what are your values? And, and it doesn't just go one way. It doesn't just go to your customers. It's like, how do you treat your staff? How do you treat your suppliers during this time? Um, and there's, there's, there's a company that we, we all know relatively well. Um, and I'm going to be spending the next couple of days with them. And, uh, they're constantly, you know, working with their teams to go, we look after everybody. Um, so suppliers, they come in. You know, somebody drops something off, come in, have a coffee, sit down, chew the card, house things. And, you know, just those basic things as well as clearly, um, you know, maybe things on payment terms, et cetera, et cetera. But just always looking, you know, keeping keeping people close and looking after people is never, ever a bad thing. It's, it's always going to come and help you out in um, in, in good times. And and I'm reminded on, on one of the – on sorry, in bad times. And one of the things I'm always reminded of is something I think we've spoken about on Founder Hacks previously is, is like things like bank relationships. You know, I, for some reason, I always kept, kept the bank really close, always looked after them, treated them a bit like the customer, always gave them information, was always open and transparent with what was going on. And then, you know, guess what? During During bad times, the trust is there. And if you need the facility to be extended or you need the overdraft to be extended guess what? I, I just found it so much easier because you've got the relationship. Very good. Very good. Well, we should move on, but clearly one that we could talk about uh, for much more. But I think the next one is a bit of reading that um, uh, uh, I did this last week that I thought was uh, was quite interesting and I'll share with, with you guys. So this is an article from uh, from The Observer uh, by Jay Rayner. Um, Jay Rayner, the famous, uh, semi-famous uh, restaurant critic and um jay rayner has written 26 courses 400 pound bills artichoke cream brulee i won't miss super lux restaurants which is a little ironic because jay rayner uh who, who is a wonderful writer and i, I do enjoy re- write, reading what he writes um it's clearly a big fan of super lux restaurants he, he's previously written about uh, an experiment he did um a few years ago where he he did the super size me thing. I don't know if you know the film Super Size Me, where the guy ate at McDonald's every day for a month. Um, he did the same with five, five, uh, four, uh, three Michelin starred restaurants. So he had dinner every day for a week just to see what would happen. But it's very interesting, and and the point he's making is actually quite interesting. Obviously, times are changing um, economically, and it just reminded me that um, that the lens that we need to change perhaps is is the way in which we add value for our customers is going to change and it is interestingly it is often the very top of the quality tree which many of us aspire to be when we create a business that can suffer and it creates this flow of of customers um particularly in the hospitality industry but in many others as well where the top is often hardest hit and people trade down so um People will switch. So if you used to shop in, in, the, in the best place, you go for the second best. The people who are in the second best will go for the third best and so on and so forth in terms of however you perceive that or the price points. So I think it asks interesting questions. It gives us interesting ways to look at our business, like where should we focus and how are we adding value to our customers? And can we use that different lens to look at it in that way? You know, Are we adding value to our customers in a way that makes it very easy to put a, a red pen through? Are we perceived as the most expensive option? Um, are we perceived as someone who has competitors that might be not quite as good, but cheaper? Because those equations are starting to change in the mind of our customers right now. 
And I think it's interesting. So you know, one of the things that, again, in hospitality has been happening is the emergence of the smash burger. I didn't even know what a smash burger was <laughs> a few months ago. But a smash burger is a way that you can make a burger with half as much meat in it that still tastes really good, basically. Um, and you can offer it at a much cheaper price. So a lot of people are now introducing these these clever innovations that, that just attract and keep those customers. So in changing times, I guess it's it's it's, it's using pricing as a lens and 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 where you fit as a lens um and and is that a healthy exercise for for businesses to do as as things shift so that's what i took from the article i don't know what what you guys took from it (laughs) mr moore yeah i mean i i like jay rayner too obviously being closely involved in the restaurant industry uh it is interesting. There was a lot of, I was in a board meeting yesterday with one of the businesses I'm connected to, and it was all about uh, the CEO of a competing business phoning up our CEO to say, hey, a lot of our customers have been drifting over to you. What's going on? Um, in a sort of half tongue-in-cheek, half, I'm going to rip your head off if you keep doing it. But there is, there's a sort of this this mass movement, right, where there is extreme chaos, there is opportunity. Um, and this sort of, yeah, people changing their behaviours. They're looking at things. They're cutting, cutting spend. They are they're cutting the fat. And this is how an economy recovers, right? And how do you react to that? How do you stay true to what you know who you are? And I think going back to Anthony's point about morals, which can be the first thing to go, or values, the first thing that often go out of a window. In good times, yes, no problem. But in bad times, you know these things can get can get compromised and corners can get cut. So what do you stay true? What do you jettison? What do you throw out of the balloon basket as it's going down? And what do you keep? Do you know? Do you throw do you throw your colleague out or do you throw the sandbags, you know? And I think that's that's an interesting choice as a founder. You know, how do you react? When do you blink? When do you blink first? What do you do? How do you not panic? And again, you know, there's no easy answers to any of these. There's probably a million and one books that can tell you this is a very easy thing to do and they make a lot of money selling you a book. But it isn't. It's the skill and, the, you know, the, the hard, how hard it is to be a founder. But, yeah, I'd love to read the article. Uh, I can empathize. And I do feel that, strangely, you know, a lot of people will abandon the top of the pyramid during dark times. But often, you know, in terms of some areas, they, they weather them better than any. So the luxury goods market, for example, things like handbag, you know, the really high-end Louis Vuitton handbag market, for example, I was reading a while ago, they they don't seem to suffer during the downtime. Um, but others do. And I think, you know, certain industries do. Construction is usually the first one to go down and the last one to recover. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Anthony, what are your thoughts, mate? Oh, so many things here because um, it is it's it's complex. OK, and um, and it's it's not easy to solve because there are. There are too many disconnected parts. That there aren't the connected parts, and you solve one, and you, and then, and then you're able to get out of jail. Um, I mean, clearly, if you can see it coming, um, an organisation that I work with, um, we were looking at this last year in a similar industry, um, and you know, it was all about cash reserves. It was all about cash is king. How do we, if we know we're going to have a tough time, if we know people aren't going to pay the prices, how do we, how do we? be in a really positive cash position um but clearly that's being proactive rather than uh reactive 
I think if you're at the top of the chain, I think it's really difficult. What do you do? Everybody else is putting their prices up because commodities are increasing. Inflation is increasing. So everybody's putting their prices up. Do you put your prices down? Do you change the recipes so that, you know, the smash burger equivalent? Um, but I think, I think where I, where I, where I probably sit in my experience is just be really lean. Um, I think that's, that's probably where I would go to is just look at the team, look at how, how lean can we actually get, um, to be able to weather the storm. Um, and, um, and clearly you're always going to look at what's the other opportunities, what are the other things we can do and be, you know, no, no idea being a silly idea, constantly looking at creative ideas to, to see what else we can do. But I think pragmatically, operationally, I think it's, it's lean as you can be. People have to double up. People have to, you know, work even harder. Um, and maybe, maybe do more than one job at a time. Um, whilst you work out how long this is going to last and how you can, if it is down to survival, because clearly some of these restaurants, Ben, I think in the article have already yeah, yeah. folded. No, that's the, the purpose. Although um, I would challenge one thing there, because it's interesting. Yeah, the smash burger is actually a surprisingly rich metaphor in a way, because of course you could look at that and say, well, actually what they're doing there is they're leaning on the skill of their people. So the point is it, it's cooked by a really good burger chef. So it's a great tasty product uh, rather than what they could have mm. done is said, well, we'll keep the burgers the same, but we're going to hire crap chefs who can't cook. So, and I wonder what the equivalent might be in other sorts of business. You Can you leverage the resource that you have, which is the talent of your people to evolve the product in such a way that it adds perhaps a different sort of value that the customer values more now? I don't know. It's getting a bit abstract, but I, I do think there's, there's a number of ways of playing it. And I think, yeah, the options we've explored there, I hope, uh, you know, make sense to at least be on the table for consideration. But I think I think we better move on. We're yeah. very close to time. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, oh, he's, he's a hard taskmaster. to shut Thomas. down. He uh... cracks the whip. <laughs> he's actually holding up a stick, and he's he's getting us to move on. I am, he's tough. I am. Well, it's it's one of those areas, isn't it, he that we could spend a long time. a lot of time. Mm discussing it and would love to hear other people's thoughts right because um to see what other people have done well, as well um you can certainly come back at me uh, uh, after the episode i'm sure you will um but let's move on we'll be tight for time so uh mr moore i believe you've learned something this week and i'd love to learn what that is yeah it's a learned it's it's actually a thing i watched on spotify recently uh, sorry on netflix recently about spotify god it's good it's um six parts and it's the story of Spotify told as a playlist. So you have the perspective of the, the founder, the perspective of the lawyer, the perspective of the industry expert. And it, each episode is, is like a track on a playlist on, inside Spotify. It's really cool. It's in Swedish, uh, English subtitles. And I, I love the tech side of it because, you know, in my heart, I'm still a techie. And they were talking about the, the the focus of the business from a tech point of view, and it was it was all about speed. So I thought that was interesting. When you talk about which lens, you've got all these lenses in front of you. Which lens do you pick up, and which one do you run with? And and these guys, it was speed. They wanted to literally at the time that it was a full of the music industry was being decimated by piracy, and these guys wanted to develop a music player that was. That was, and but the thing about the piracy, the, the pirate sites, they were awful. You'd have to find your your top bit torrents. You would download the song. You might get a crap version of it. It might not download properly. There would be a delay. Um, 
It was covered with ads for pornography all over the place. These guys wanted this slick, beautiful machine. And you pick, you search for the song, you click a button and it plays instantly. And that was the thing that blew everyone away. That was the thing. It wasn't the music. It wasn't the business model. It was the beautiful usability and the instant access to music speed. And this blind devotion to this lens was the thing. And I just thought, that's excellent. It just made me think, what is your thing as a founder? What is your thing? Um, Anthony, you're jumping up and down like a small puppy, looking very keen to <laughs> to speak. What? What? I'm in a, I'm in a strange mood right. today. I'm sorry. Anyway, go. <laughs> um, so I'm reminded of a tool that we use in um, in, in, in our coaching and, and helping organizations to, to, to make it easier to, to, to grow and scale. And it's called X Factor. And what you, I think what you're talking about there is potentially their X factor. And what I mean by X factor is that when our business gets up and running and, um, and is doing pretty well, we tend to, um, as, as founders become obsessed with internal bottlenecks, internal issues and fixing those and improving them. Whereas what we know to be true, and there's lots of examples out there, is actually if you can, if you can look at what are the, external bottlenecks and what i mean by that is what are the bottlenecks in your industry that you and all your competitors are dealing with and trying to overcome and if you can be the first to break that if you can be the first to fix that and obsess over breaking that external bottleneck then you can win the race and grab a huge market share um and it sounds like this is quite a similar you know maybe they followed the x factor model or maybe um you know they've just gone through a process of just knowing what it is that they need to be excel at and everything um nothing gets in the way everything is driven towards speed um and i've seen that there's a fascinating case study of an organization uh, in the philippines um and uh, they do ferry travel and ferry travel was incredibly dangerous in the philippines you know um going from one island to another for work or whatever it may be, there were often accidents, there were often issues, and there was a whole host of reasons as to why those uh, accidents used to take place. And this one company just became obsessed. They said, this is the bottleneck in our, in our industry is safety. So we're going to do everything to ensure that all of our passengers have safe travels on our ferries. And, and that's how they took the market share and how they're the number one in their industry in their, in their region because they just focused on that one area so if you can do that if you can look at what's the bottleneck that you and all of your competitors are, are facing and you can solve that that's the uh, game changer right there very powerful what do you think ben yeah i sometimes do resist the kind of the one thing because you know there, there is always this thing of going yeah i wish it, wish, it, wish it was that damned easy and and i do wonder sometimes if if it is that sort of perfect rose-tinted hindsight of kind of you know yes we knew exactly what we were doing we we just did this thing or did it emerge naturally so i, I have to watch the documentary because um you know it, it's that sort of knowing that it becomes so powerful it becomes luck and mythological that said you know i do you the sort of history of successful companies is kind of littered with people who did that successfully. And, um, yeah, I'm thinking of sort of Southwestern, um, who just obsessively, um, uh, focused on their uh, staff happiness actually, and made their place a really great place to work, which meant that as a low cost carrier, all the staff were absolutely lovely. The customers had a wonderful time and it, it just worked at the same time. They had a relentless focus on, they would always make a profit no matter what, always make a profit a bit like the 10 mile March, 
thing of always we will we will do it this way so i think sometimes those rules can be incredibly healthy and i think as a founder the 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 great challenge is crikey if you can find one good for you i mean amazing you know hard to find though sometimes and you know i think it, it does lead us towards sort of making these big bets which i think sometimes we have to do um i sort of wonder what the cost of getting it wrong is you know what if what if what if Spotify said no no the the it, it should have been I don't know um, uh, it's got to be uh, you know every song in the world's got to be on there it won't work which they also did but do you, do you know what I mean if they hadn't focused on that but chose something else would they have yeah. just failed I, mean, I guess there are many that did actually uh, but they got it right and I do think ultimately it, if you think about it what what they were really saying was that this came from really understanding the thing the customer would pay for really understand and actually what the customer will pay for is time the customer value time so actually if we can mean the customer can get what they want in less time that that is going to win this war very 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 quickly um and, and they did didn't they remarkably well i still have spotify really you've got spotify i don't know anyone who doesn't really have spotify them. extraordinary well Family account, pay a fortune for it, yeah. <laughs> and very clever, because I bet you started to pay it like seven quid, and now it's at about 15. Clever, that. <laughs> but they we, saw him coming, Ben. Yeah, well, they saw they, him coming. And me, and everybody else. And, that, that's <laughs> and me, genius, and right? me. Uh, yeah. But listen, okay, guys, I think we are, we are at time. So I'll do my very best to do a, a, a brief summary of our discussion today. So, for some, the year commencing 2023 is going to prove tough. But when the fields you plough goes from fertile to barren, how do you change lenses? Leading from good times into the bad is, of course, a challenge to your leadership. And how you manage that shift of perception is going to determine the outcome. Maybe it's preparing the ground or maybe taking inspiration from Sun Sea. Uh, seasons change and it will always be your role to add that perspective and build a narrative around the changing times. Nothing lasts forever and this too shall pass. So perhaps leaning on our why, keeping our team, customers, suppliers and all of our stakeholders close can point a way forwards. It's often the top end of industries that suffer when times change. Whether that's shifting from £400 Michelin-starred restaurant dinners to a burger and chips or from designer labels to TK Maxx, your customers may now be using a different lens to appraise you and what you do. So how were you shifting? But as you shift, what can remain consistent? Conserving cash may always be a great place to start, but understanding how to change your recipe must be worthy of consideration. And finally, the story of Spotify was an inspiration for Alex and their secret, a relentless focus on one thing. For them, it was speed. But using the lens of the customer to understand what is it the customer is really paying for and working that into a healthy obsession, maybe an X factor, could be a way to guide your business forwards. Whilst it's true, as our businesses grow, we become obsessive about internal process and efficiency. We have to remember that identifying those external bottlenecks are likely the only thing that will unlock the seismic success that some have achieved. Thank you both for a, a wonderful uh, set of founder hacks. Um, it remains to say, as always, um, a thank you to Mr. Alex Moore. Thank you, guys. And a thank you to Anthony Enright. Thank you to you both. Thank you for listening. 
If you'd like to find out more about Founder Hacks, you can always hop over to our website on www.comics.co.uk slash founderhacks, where you'll find all our episodes and more. We also have a newsletter to let you know when a new Founder Hacks is available, so you can sign up there to, to keep abreast of the latest juicy Founder Hacks served up by myself, Alex and Anthony. Until next time, this has been Founder Hacks. I've been Ben Thomas. Thank you very much indeed for listening.